What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio, and welcome to another edition of the Steelers Blitz here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. I'm Wesley Euler flying solo on the show today, Motsi, with a scheduled day off, but that's okay. You know how this works, right? I'll bring some friends, we'll play some audio, we'll get to your tweets, we'll also continue some of the top 10 stuff that we've been doing uh, here on the show as well. I want to talk a little running backs, maybe some wide receivers today here this afternoon with all of Yins. But again, where we normally start whenever it's just me solo, right? No Arthur Motes, but I know you still like to hear from Motesy and certainly a guy that we always like hearing from during the offseason is our very own Craig Wolfley as well, too. So that is where we will start today. Here we go. Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation Radio. It is a high noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Wesley Euler with you today. You know the drill. Um, Just myself, no decade of NFL experience, but still the really good head of hair. But if you want to figure out the rest, if you want to get involved with the show, you can get at me on Twitter at Wesley Euler. We start today, as, as we quite often do when I'm flying solo, still want to hear from Wolf. Uh, hear a little bit from, or sorry, still want to hear from Moats, pardon me, uh, and always want to hear a little bit from Craig Wolfley as well. Here's what those two fine gentlemen had to say about a little uh, camp competition here ahead of training camp. Dwayne Haskins is the guy that has been the most intriguing in terms of that quarterback room this offseason. Obviously, we know the contract stuff with Ben, but once that got taken care of, wasn't a lot of uncertainty surrounding him. But with Dwayne, we know that how he left Washington, it wasn't the best of circumstances, right? Wasn't the most productive there. But you get this guy who is a top 15 pick from two years removed, and now you have him on this roster. So it's like, man, what does he look like? How is he doing? So to hear that seven, even in a joking manner, is speaking of the arm strength that Dwayne is possessing or at least displaying, to me, I was a little bit excited about that. You know, it's interesting because you think about some of the snippets we've seen from his tenure in Washington, and a lot of talked about his decision-making. It wasn't real great. He looked a little bit more, uh, he stayed in the pocket. He wasn't quite the, the, the mobile quarterback that maybe they envisioned. But you still got to look at his Ohio State uh, touchdown to interception yeah. ratio of 50 to 8. My 50 TD passes to eight interceptions. That's quite an excellent, you know, uh, rating there. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, you got the arm strength. Is a change of scenery and maybe a little maturation process, will that be profitable for the young Haskins? And can he take advantage of that? And that's what really remains to be seen. Yeah, but I also think something that you alluded to right here, when you talked about the change of scenery, he's originally from the D.C. area. So to have to go back and play at home and as a young quarterback, first round draft pick, it could definitely be difficult and challenging at times. I think me and me and you both can attest to when you're in the NFL as a rookie, sometimes your decision-making isn't as sound as it should be, but you live and you learn and you gain experience from it. And that's the beauty of this situation for Dwayne. He's had his opportunity to have his growing pains, his bumps and bruises. Now is the chance to show the rebirth, right? The new, improved version of uh, Dwayne Haskins. And 
I just feel like, man, him being able to be here in C7 during this OTA period, which we always talk about in terms of the significance of it, being able to just have him around seven during OTAs, I think that it's going to benefit him in a major way. I think you're exactly on. And, you know, one of the things that you love about in my time with the Steelers, you know, the Steelers locker room has always been known as a uh, pay it forward type thing. It's all about mentorship, as we were talking about last week. It's about the older guys taking the younger guys underneath their wing. You know, I mean, I can remember when I first checked in in 1980. Think about it, Arthur. Were you born in 19? But uh, when were you born? Get Zooks. You really want to know? You really want to know? No, I'm, I'm that's, 88. That's, that's, I was going to say, I'm 88, baby. All right. So, so yeah, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> uh, that was a really a, a facetious question, I should say, to throw some big words out at you there. So, I like when you do that. <laughs> so I come into training camp after the Steelers had won their fourth of the 70s Super Bowl. And Sam Davis, on the first day when the vets report, he goes, Hey, I'm in room 221. I can't even remember 222 uh, back at the time, Bonaventure Hall. He said, if you got any questions, come and see me. Now, you just – you cannot really coach that sort of ability to take and reach out to a young guy, such as the great Sam Davis did for me back in the day. And I, I look at it as maybe, you know, for, for Big Ben, this is a – maybe, you know, he's extending something to maybe uh, the young Haskins, a little bit of encouragement. Maybe it's – you know, it takes a little bit of maturation. And, yes, by the way, my uh, decision-making process has gotten better since my rookie year, yes. That, that's that's really good to know. I would like to hope – I would like to say that mine has improved as well. I feel like it has at least a little bit. It was bad back then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but also, man, the thing that I, I think is going to help in terms of him being here, one of the biggest flaws in Dwayne Haskins' game, it wasn't his arm talent. It wasn't an ability thing. It was the consistency and more so for me, his footwork. You build a quarterback from the ground up. Everybody knows this. And we know what the elite quarterbacks, when you talk about Ben, you talk about some of these other guys that have dominated the league for decades, it's always based on footwork. They have great footwork, consistent footwork. Watching Haskins on tape, that's been the big thing that, you know, just was shown in his years with Washington, where you would see him make some really good plays, some some things that make you go, wow. And you understand why he was taking where he was taking. But at the same time, you will see him get sloppy at times with his footwork. Having been here, though, Ben, Ben is the guy that's going to be able to get into his head, though. Ben is going to be able to be the guy to tell him, like, hey, that throw that you just made, you can make it a lot easier, a lot better. If you step with the proper footwork, if you do this the right way, coach Mike Sullivan, right? New quarterbacks coach. He's another guy that's going to have to be big in terms of getting Haskins footwork, right? If they can get that consistent, sky is the limit for him, man, because he has all the intangibles that you want in a quarterback. You know, it's interesting because I think about the opportunity to come to another place, more or less to reinvent yourself or reestablish yourself as that talent. And just what you're speaking with Coach Mike Sullivan and with uh, Big Ben, huge, huge things. But think about Darius Hayward Bay, who came here mm. some years ago. Yes. Having he been came nice. when I came here in 2014. Absolutely. There you go. 
changed everything for him, right? Obviously, he was a first-round draft pick, high-pedigree guy, didn't have the success that everybody would have wanted him to have in his previous location. So when he comes here, he changes his whole perspective. He becomes a special teams guru. Obviously, he gave you impact in terms of some of the gadget plays that we would use him in from an offensive standpoint. So you could see how he changed that. And it ultimately had an even better career when he came here, right? Played for, what, four years here and was dominant. So seeing that Dwayne Haskins, yes, it can be a similar case. I speak from my experiences coming from Buffalo. I had success there, but it wasn't what I thought it had should, uh, should have been. But you come here, you get in a situation, you get around these coaches, these players, this continuity, this wholesome environment where it's going to push you, but it's pushing you out of love. We're going to critique you, but it's coming from a place of positivity. That is going to help him grow because that's also what helped me grow. So when I think of those things, speaking from experience, I'm like, Haskins, man, this is this is a really good opportunity for you. And the fact that you got seven here, that also takes the pressure of you having to come in here and compete to be the guy right now. You're able to really just take your time and just soak up everything that you can get in this situation right here. See, if you're Mason Rudolph or you're Josh Dobbs, I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. You, you know, you see this young talent come in, but at the same time, you got to use that more as motivation because yes. I've always said competition is the best thing at any mm-hmm. position. I don't care what position. I don't care if it's the yard marker guys or it's the ball boys. Competition is the best thing for any sort of uh, experience you're going to have out there on a football field. And I think it's great stuff for Mason Rudolph to have a young guy come in that interjects a little bit from behind because if you're sitting at the, you know, the sidecar, the, the, the king and that's big ben right uh and you're the next up and you want you think i want to be the next up i want to be the next guy and if you're josh dobbs it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out of which of course he is but it doesn't take a rocket scientist scientist figure out this guy's got talent so again i love the fact that you fill out a room with competition well and i will say this Josh Jobs is my favorite rocket scientist. You know, I know a rocket scientist. I don't know how many people can say that, but I can, all right? But going back to the competition element, I'm 100% with you. I think that's because we have that old school approach. And in our approach growing up, things were handed to us, right? We both had to scratch, claw, do whatever it took to be successful. And then we had to fight even harder once we were quote unquote successful to sustain that. So I'm with you. I think competition makes the cream rise to the top. And the guys that can't handle a competition within practice, well, how can you expect them to handle Monday night football? How can you expect them to handle AFC championship game? How can you expect them to handle fourth quarter over Super Bowl? So I'm all for creating healthy competition. And that's what they did ultimately, man, when they brought in Dwayne Haskins, right? Very low risk in terms of the financial ramifications for him but extremely high reward. I mean, if he comes in here and he is anything like we think he can be as the 15th overall selection in an NFL draft, if he's anything close to that, that that's going to push Mason to a bigger level. That's going to push Josh Dobbs even more. That's going to make all of those guys have to work harder, make sure they, number one, have to study better, right? But then they're going to have to take it and perform and practice every day like that. And the reason I love that even more, Wolf, is because as a defender, that's going to make this defense get better looks as well, which is only going to make that defense get better, which is going to make that defense play better on Sunday. So you can see how it's full circle with this thing right here, but it's significant that this competition is created the way that it is right now. 
You know, you're exactly correct. And I like how you were putting things together there. You do that in a very astute way, my friend. I would say this, okay? You know, if you want that defense to play better, you want Big Ben to play better and not have that fall off. What do you got to have? You got to have yourself a running game, my friend. Yes. You have a running game. And I like the fact that you got Najee in here. You got the, the, the backs doing the backs thing and all that sort of stuff. Um, that's all huge and part of it. And I think the running game, we've talked about it almost ad nauseum, but you got to have that running game and you yes. got to talk about it. But I got to go back to one thing you said. You talked about uh -oh. your favorite, your favorite rocket scientist. All right. That's <laughs> who mine was. And I met him at Heinz Field, the great Buzz Aldrin, the guy oh. on the moon. Actually, I met him pre-game. He was on the sidelines. It was one of the greatest moments. The guy was over 80. He We shook hands. He almost crushed my hands with an iron grip the man had. Yeah, oh, you talk about a guy who's got uh, wow. you know, the guy's the guy's an amazing man. And it was funny because I'll tell you this real quick. I kept saying, Buzz, tell me what it was like on the moon. Did you see any aliens? And he goes, hey, kid, let me tell you about the quarterback. He was a center in high school. And he played <laughs> yeah. with this quarterback it wasn't Dwayne Haskins but I will tell you he kept telling me I go no tell me about the moon tell me about the moon but it was great but that would be my favorite that would be my favorite rocket scientist is the great I like that. what, a, what experience that was that's pretty awesome right there. see it just goes to show that you're cool and I'm cool because I know you and that's how we do this thing <laughs> I guess when you're old, you can be anything, right? <laughs> but going back to what we were talking about, though, in terms of that running game, right, and in terms of the O-line, just across the board, I think that offensively, they've done a good job of creating that healthy competition like we were talking about with Haskins in that quarterback room. You look at outside of Najee Harris, right, because we know as Najee being the first-round draft pick, he's not in a competition. Najee is Najee. But when you think about the other guys in that running back room, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, Kalen Balash, Trey Edmonds. I mean, it's stacked. And this is what you want. You, Anthony McFarlane, right? You, you want those guys to have to compete to emerge out of there. When you talk about offensive line, you talk about, okay, Chooks and Dan Moore. You like that right there. You talk about that center, Kendrick Green, BJ Finney, JC Hassenauer. Competition, healthy competition is only going to make this team better. And I think the team did a really good job thus far of creating that. They stacked that running back room, like you said, yeah. increasing the competition. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to tell you, the one guy that just stood out that I, I totally underestimated when they signed him was that guy, Kalen Balash. Mm -hmm. You know, I watched some clips of him. Mm -hmm. One thing I started looking at this dude going, he's not the – you know, the, the guy that you every, you know, that, that I thought he was, this guy's mm -hmm. got a lot more to him. You talked about yeah. him early on. I remember mm -hmm. we were conversing about yes. this kid and you'll watch him and, you know, he, he's got some real serious mm -hmm. hammies. He's got some, uh, you know, some good body strength and just yep. watch him roll. The guy, the guy's got some real talent there, Arthur. No, for a fact. Yeah. When uh, we first signed him, I was, uh, I did a couple of film breakdowns on him in terms of just deep diving into his work when he was out with the uh, Chargers. And the thing that I kept saying to myself was in the midst of this chaos that the Chargers had on offense, right, between the different um, linemen combinations and stuff like that. He was the constant in terms of his running ability. His, he could make a guy miss. He's bursty enough. I love his vision, and his patience, has really good size and can catch. It's like, he has the foundation, all the little pieces to be a three down running back, has all those things. But the biggest knock on him has been the consistency, 
finding the right situation and being able to do it on a play in and play out basis. Now I'm hoping here in Pittsburgh, because of the continuity, because of the coaching staff, you talk about a guy like Eddie Faulkner. When you think of those caliber guys, Mike Tomlin being around him, I'm hoping that that will help him flourish. That will help him become more comfortable. And then he can just play to his full potential because he is very talented, but the situations he's been in have really been, you know, not the most advantageous for him, which has been the big reason why he's bounced around in such a short span of time. You know, one of the things I like about him too, he's not afraid to, you know, to stick his chin in the chin of another man. Oh, yes, yes. He doesn't shy from contact. I'm kind of interested because I don't know if they're going to have backs on backers at training camp anymore, but you know, that's a pretty vicious drill. And one of the things that I always, I I highlight every camp because one of the things that it tells you a little something about um, just how tough a guy is. And it's Mm -hmm. not about what he unnecessarily does right at the moment of impact, but it's also about watching him stand in line, watching the others you know, there's some guys that kind of get lost in the line. They're like, they're tying mm. their shoe. They're, they're the, the trainer. Oh, my chin strap won't work. And it's, I'll be there in a couple of snaps. Coach. <laughs> hey, 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 Wolf, Wolf. I'm glad, I'm glad that it's you, an offensive person, calling out these guys that, that line watch. Yeah. Oh, baby. You know the line watch. They'll be, what? Yeah. No, 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 no. I can't. What? Yes, it's me. Yes. Yeah. And you ain't no, and you know, everybody's watching with you and they know. You know what I mean? Oh, that's that's you. That's Debo. Okay. Yeah. You, know, you turn around to the next young running back and he goes, oh, I can count too. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that tells you a lot about, you know, what these guys bring, how competitive they are. You know, and like I said, it's not just at the point of impact, but how you represent yourself and your desire to want to get the job done. I have seen guys, you've seen guys, they come back, they might have got the, taken a lick in their first time or two, but they keep coming back. They keep standing up saying, put me in, coach. I'm ready to go. And they get better. And that's what I look for with a lot of these guys because drills aren't necessarily all about who won, who lost, but Very what good. you gain from that drill. It's like in boxing. I used to have a, a boxing gym. And one of the things I always told the guys when you, when you, you know, are out there, you're doing some rounds with somebody, you know, they're training rounds. All right. You're just knocking rust. It should be a learning session. What you learn from the other guy when you're sparring like that, you should be able to learn something from it. And that's what it's got to be in those training camp situations. No question, man. And trust me, I cannot wait to see this group, this team right here in that training camp set because it's so many intriguing storylines like what we're talking about here in this running back room, right from a backs on backers perspective. But I think about just the physicality, right? Getting back to Pittsburgh Steelers football, that's physical football. We can't see that in OTAs. We can't get that until we get the training camp. So that's why I'm just like, the sooner, the better, because man, that is the next stage. That's the next step in this development for this team to, you know, get to where they want to get to in terms of raising that Lombardi. You know, I hope that they're able to accomplish something in the OTAs. I, you know, I, I look, you know, I, I, I come from the, the one extreme where you're in shorts and t-shirts, not even jerseys. <laughs> you're doing live one-on-ones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you come from the more moderate, but still to the extreme yeah. where, you know, you're putting in doing some hard <laughs> stuff out there. And, and now I, I know that they've pulled back a lot, which yeah. I'm sure is good, you know, but for mm-hmm. old guys like me, it's really tough to sit there and go how can they get how can it be so nice (laughs) 
I mean, you, you need sunscreen for crying out loud. You need, you know, but they can still, it's part of the evolution of the young guys. I think especially yeah. the more you put on the young guys and let the older guys mentor, coach, all those things, I think that's the more productive way to attack the OTAs. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Now, something that we also got to talk about, we're going to have a new offensive captain coming up, man. Marquise yeah. Pouncey, right? He's retired. We know what Pouncey was to this team, to this organization, to just this city. Team captain for, it feels like, ever. (laughs) But now that he's gone, there's a void. And it got me thinking, right? Because doing OTAs is typically where we started to identify guys that are going to be leaders. This is typically where we identify the vocal guys versus the guys that are just here for business, the guys that, you know, are, are willing to go that extra mile and things like that. And it got me wondering, Wolf, I said, man, no pouncy. Who's the next guy? Who steps Ooh. up? Because I was like, in a normal time, you thought, oh, it's Ramon. All right, no Ramon. Okay, well, then it'll be out. Okay, no out. So now I'm just like, whoo. Because we know with the Castro, he's a little bit different, right? In terms of he's not the most outspoken guy. So talk to me, baby. What you thinking? Well, that's it's a great question, Arthur. And yeah. you know, I, I'm sure this this is why they pay you the big bucks, my friend. <laughs> Come up with these great ideas and, and questions, but here's the deal: you know, you've handed five three the number of Marquise. You've handed that off already to KG yeah. Kendrick Green, right? You've already reestablished because I was listening to one of Ben's. And, and time out, time out, time out. And the fact that Ben has already given him a nickname. Ben has only oh, practiced oh, with the guy yes. four times. I oh, felt offended. I said, "You practiced with him four times, and he has a nickname? What?" <laughs> That's a great point. Wow. <laughs> I know. Isn't that amazing? I it said, man, you, 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 you weren't calling anybody. It. Yeah, you weren't calling anybody nicknames in the first four practices. All right. It's only been four. Hold on, what's today? Wednesday. Th- I don't even know what day it is, but it's not that many practices. All right. It's been two weeks of OTAs. You can't tell me he got he earned the nickname in two weeks, Ben. Two weeks. <laughs> After, after getting the number of the man who, when you listen to Ben talk about, they asked about Marquise, and, and, and Ben's like, oh, you want to make him start crying? Right, right. Want me in tears? Boo-hoo. You know what I mean? The fact is, oh, when, man. You, know, you lose a great leader like that. I mean, we don't, I, I think we, we, we've talked so much about uh, Marquise Pouncey's athletic abilities, his ability to get down the field, to pull, to trap, to, you know, just the player that he was. But the leadership ability of, of Marquise you know it's kind of like James Farrier you know back in the day Farrier was a guy and everybody talked about him being the alpha male in the room and I think Marquise Pouncey was thought of in the same way that alpha male in the room you know and the guy that took care of business when business needed to be taken care of on the field that sort of thing and I I, I look at what you're saying and I think yeah you know what I mean that is a loss Ben's got a shoulder more of the the leadership role as he should i mean he is really the face of the franchise basically absolutely um but at the same time brother you know as well as i do somebody's got to step up and who might that be maybe a david DeCastro. maybe i don't know somebody else what what say you so for me man i had a couple of guys that i was thinking about the first guy i thought zach banner and the reason why i thought zach was this coming off of the new contract right Obviously, he's a natural leader as well. And I think that's a characteristic that you can't take for granted. 
either you have that quality or you don't. And not everybody has it. Some guys have to work at it. I'm not a natural get in front of the guys in rah-rah speech and lead. I've had to do it before, but it's not what I'm comfortable doing. Whereas a guy like Zach, he's comfortable in that role. He's comfortable being out in front vocally as well as with his play. He's also in competition to be a starter, right, on this offensive line. So I feel like he has a ton of those prerequisites already in place to potentially be that next guy. So I thought of him first. Then I thought of a guy like Juju. I said, man, Juju, in terms of productivity, behind Benning the Castro, he's next in line. I mean, in terms of longevity here in Pittsburgh, in terms of the contract, in terms of knowing he's going to be out there, he's a guy that could easily step into that role. Ben obviously talked about him being the leader in that wide receiver group. Now, people will question in terms of just the maturity element with him because he's still very young, but he's the other guy that I thought, okay, you could potentially throw him in there because he is showing a lot more growth. I thought that throughout this all season, the way he handled free agency, I was really impressed with just everything that he spoke about and just the manner in which he conducted himself during that process. So I was like, man, he could be in line as well. And then the third guy, this is my dark horse candidate right here. Okay. Kevin Dotson. Hmm. We, know what, we know what Kevin brings to that offensive line. We know you talk about being the alpha in the room. You can make a case that he's arguably one of the their best linemen right now, depending on where DeCastro is from a health standpoint, right? You can make that case. You factor in that. You know he's going to be out there. He's going to be a starter more than likely. Now, he's young, so that part you'd have to just see. But as a whole, I think that he's respected enough because of his play. And he has that tough guy, you know, he, he his energy. You know, he, he's not a, he's not afraid to put his helmet on right. your helmet. Like, we like those type of guys. Sure. So, when I think of that, I'm like, he fits that mold as well. So I can see him potentially. Well, you know, I like the choices. Now, here's my problem is that I always equate wide receivers as China dolls. And I know they're not because I've seen Juju. You know, we've seen him lay out some people, you know, and, and so forth. And we'll go no further with that. But the fact is, you, you almost think you, you want one of your, your big horses up front to assume mm-hmm. one of those leadership roles. Now, I'll give you this. Mike Webster was not a guy that led uh, with words. He was a guy that led with effort, with productivity, multiple pro bowlers and stuff like that. And I kind of see Dave DeCastro similar as I see Mike Webster. It's not necessarily the volume of words or anything like that, but it's the effort, the intensity, and the greatness of the person. And I think David DeCastro could be a guy. I like Zach Banner. I think he's got that sort of out there uh, personality. Charisma and stuff, yeah. Charisma, right. But he needs he needs to pile up some starts and be, assume that through the play, which I think, you know, I go back to training camp last year. Watching him and watching uh, T.J. Watt go at it through the course of preseason, man, that was it was great because Zach got taken to school early on, but was rebounding and coming along towards the end there. I thought he represented himself very, very well. I hope the very best for him. We get great productivity out of that kid. But I like the Castro talking about in the vein that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, man, if the Castro is open for it, man, I, obviously he's the no-brainer because of who he is. But my thing was just like, his temperament, he just doesn't seem like that type of guy that wants that, you know? He, he doesn't seem like the guy that wants that burden of, being the captain, because we know with being a captain, there is a burden. You are addressing oh, yeah. the media a lot no. more. We know the, ca- the cast is not a big media guy either. 
So when you take that role, you have to be in front of that. You have to be the one answering those type of questions a lot more than, you know, you might would like to for a guy like the cash. So that was the biggest reason why I wasn't thinking him. But if that's fine for him, without a doubt, I mean, his play speaks for itself. Who he is speaks for itself clearly. So well, I would like Absolutely. That and I would agree with that. But, you know, again, if it's just down to Ben, I'm fine with that, too. Because it's hard to replace a Marquise Pouncey because it's, you know, being on the sidelines, you've been, uh, you lined up your teammate and everything with him. Just me being on the sidelines when he was down there, you know how the hogs congregate, you know, about the 35 yard line before the kickoff return, you know, you're yeah. out there, kickoff return is out there and you're getting together. And I, I like to go down and sit with the guys, you know, just, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just great. You know, I, I get a little energy buzz off them because these guys are just, go out and do something that you and I love to do for so much of mm-hmm. our lives. And and so Pouncey was the natural magnet that drew all the guys. You could tell they're vibing on his vibe. And that's a leadership thing that's really hard. You cannot yeah. just bestow it upon somebody. You got to mm-hmm. have it. You got to own it yeah. and you got to be it. Hey, good old Fitty Trey, man. As Coach T and we all like to call him, that dude pregame, he's got that look in his eye. Yeah mouthpiece in i'm like yo it's not even time you're not even on kickoff return or kickoff like what do you why you got your mouthpiece in like, <laughs> he's ready to go he, he he's ready to go that's what that means so yes but like yeah. you said man it's hard to replicate that but with pat with guys leaving this does up open up new opportunities because we would have never known that Pouncey could lead like that if that door wasn't open for him as well so that's the part that's going to be intriguing about it man but i'm sure as is always the case in Pittsburgh, the right guy is going to get that opportunity. The right guy will be named team captain. But it's always a fun conversation to have, though. And that's why we got to have it anytime I get a chance to chop it up with you, my friend. <laughs> uh, I mean, never a lack of uh, enthusiasm and energy and humor when those two chop it up. Arthur Motes and Craig Wolfley uh, discussing camp competition. And uh, two two good guys to be having that conversation there for sure. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Wesley Euler rocking with you solo today. We got some tweets rolling in. Uh, you know where to get involved if you want to find me. It is on Twitter, at uh, Wesley Euler. A whole bunch to come on the show today. We're going to talk top 10 a little bit. Today is a special anniversary for the Steelers franchise. We shall discuss. Uh, when we come back here, though, I want to talk a little bit about Buddy Johnson heading into camp as well, too. Some things that he had to say. Everything's on the docket today, folks. The conversation continues in just a few minutes, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.